This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConforta. All right, Gary is the Cosmos. Also joining us is our man, Jason LaConforta. And Jason is here. The gang is back together. You guys always hear me say, hey, Baldy's coming up on yeah. Thursday. Jason, we do our things on Tuesday. But the gang is here. So first of all, group hug. Come here, everybody. Yeah, hey, it's good to see everybody. I got you, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Baldy, you know. Uh, What's up, I, Jason? Merry Christmas, buddy. What's going on, guys? Can you hear us here? Yeah, he says, there we go. Merry Christmas. It's not coming through these stupid headphones anyway. It's good <laughs> to be back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's it good is. to put it all together here. Yeah, great Wait, now I can't hear you at all? Wait a second. Uh-oh. He'll get that resolved. I, uh, I'll say this, man. Um, this season has been so unpredictable, right? I mean, like, guys, just everything that we thought about certain teams and players, it's just been like nothing has gone the way, for the most part, that we thought it would. The one thing that has gone the right way is the San Francisco 49ers. They were in the mix last year. You go back to the championship game. Purdy gets hurt, and everybody said they will be back. And they have the potential to get back. And I don't think there's a bigger game this weekend, right, going into Christmas, than the 49ers and the Ravens. And, Jason, we've talked about the Ravens all season. I want to get you guys' opinion on this game because, first of all, McCaffrey's unbelievable. But the Ravens' defense, and and Jason's been talking about this all season, yeah, they get after the quarterback, but they also have their moments. Something's got to give in this game, right? I mean, the 49ers just scoring on everybody. So I want to start there because it'll be Christmas night. Everybody will be fat and happy and gifts will have been opened and everybody's going to want to sit back and watch a great game. What are we going to get, guys, on Christmas night with the 49ers and the Ravens? <laughs> well, guys, I, I, I think this is a tough ask for the Baltimore Ravens, right? It's, it's not just who you play, but it's when you play them and it's where you play them. And I think the 49ers are the healthier team right now. I think the 49ers are in a little uh, better form all around both sides of the ball. The 49ers will obviously be at home in this one. Um, And I think the 49ers right now are a little different class than anybody else in the NFL. I think their highs are a little higher. I think their sustained consistency, their their sort of um, average, right, or their median, I think is a little bit higher than anybody else. and I think you 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 look at the compounding situations of the Ravens where, all right, they're going to make gains in the passing game this year, right? And Mark Andrews comes out, and he's kind of leading the way, and he's got six touchdowns, and, and he's the fulcrum of the passing game. You lose him. Okay, we're going to readjust. We'll get likely going to replace him on RPOs. 
you know, we'll have a little less downfield, but, you know, plenty of yak. And Odell steps up for a minute, but okay. But but now we're going to get the explosion out of this Keaton Mitchell kid in the run game. And then he goes down. You know what I mean? I feel like this is a tough ask now mm. to go into this cauldron um, having to kind of readjust and reconfigure where your explosion is going to come from again. Um, Baldy, they're playing four tackles. Mm-hmm. They're playing four offensive tackles a lot. Mm-hmm. You know the old saying about quarterbacks, if you have two, you have none. I think if you've got four tackles, if you're fighting for the one seed and you're 11-3 and three, and people think you're the best team in football and you're playing four tackles, you're probably vulnerable up front. Well, that's a, you know, that's an injury history to Ronnie Stanley. You know, he's just, you know, it's just tough for him to get through any game right now. So they got to, they got to rotate in there. Uh, you know, look, I, you know, I, I, I kind of think it's all about Lamar. I mean, we saw Lamar just pull one magic rabbit out of the hat all week, all Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, it was just one magical play after another. Now, the good thing about that performance by Lamar is he didn't turn it over, but he's susceptible to it the way that he plays because that's almost how he has to play. Yeah. Um, he has to create these plays to kind of cover up for the loss of Keaton Mitchell and Andrews. And we saw it, but against the 49ers, if you've got the ball out here like a loaf of bread, if you're throwing the ball up to Isaiah likely across the field, well, I got news for you. Charvarius Ward's going to be there. You know, Gibson's going to be there. Like that might not get completed like it was last week. I do think it's it's interesting, though, when I watch Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he is by far the league's best runner and probably the best all-around player um, yeah. because of his versatility. But when you strip it all down, all the motions, all the shifting, when you shift, when you just strip it all down, they run five plays on the ground. They, they have five running plays. And I know Mike McDonald, the defense coordinator of the Ravens, are basically saying after all this, they're running outside zone, inside zone, toss, counter, okay, and wind back. That's it. That's what they got. Now, they do it in a variety of ways, and he's the best. And so, you know, Dallas shut him down this year. Cincinnati shut him down. There's teams that have been shut him down. I think that's where it starts with the Ravens. If they can just limit McCaffrey from not taking that five-yard run and making it 40 or 50 like he has in so many games this year. Hmm. Um, Baldy, has anybody shut him down? Has anybody shut him down with big trench at left tackle? Has anybody <laughs> shut him down with Trent? Dallas did. Field? Da- Dallas did with, with Trent. Dallas shut him down. Da- and Dallas, Dallas held him to 50 yards and 2.7 yards of carry. That was week five. They're a lot different team, but that was the only time that Trent was in. He wasn't in there. He went out against Cleveland. He was out against Cincinnati, you know, and they didn't run the ball real good in those games. But uh, Minnesota shut him down. They still uh, ran for 170 on Dallas, though. They still ran 41 times for 170 on Dallas. McCaffrey had 19 carries for 50 yards. Right, right. No, I know. But I'm saying as a team, it's a team they still still got it done. Yeah. Well, I was just looking at McCaffrey's numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, Because I also think this is an MVP game. If Lamar balls out, and Purdy doesn't, right? He, his stock rises. If Purdy balls out and continues to do what he does, if Purdy throws four more touchdowns, guys, his stock continues to rise. This is an MVP game as well. Where are you guys in this discussion with Purdy and how he's played? We've talked about Lamar. I, listen, the numbers aren't there where he or Dak and Purdy are, but he's winning, and his team is winning, and they're in contention. 
Where are you at with the Purdy conversation right now with how he's played? Well, I don't like to give out awards, you know, in middle of December. But I think that if Purdy goes out and plays a perfect game where it's two touchdowns, no interceptions, and they win, I think you can just give it to Brock Purdy at this point. But I do think I want to wait and see sure. how he plays against the league's best defense. Yeah. And all the things – because Baltimore plays a defense different than anybody else. They play this matchup zone. They spot drop. They do things – at the snap of the ball that nobody else does. And they're excellent at it. Uh, it's not that they can't be beat or you can't make these throws against them. You can. You just have to be really, really good. I kind of want to see Brock Purdy against the league's best defense. You know, because sometimes these awards are basically handed out when you have the biggest audience. And this is going to be the biggest audience on Christmas night with the two best teams, the best defense. And if he goes out and balls out, I think you could just hand it. And they're 12-3 and three at the end of the day. I think you can hand it to Brock Purdy at this point. All right. Um, it's in the huddle. All the gang is back together. Baldy's here. Jason's here. We're talking about the games heading into Christmas, guys, here. And make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. In the huddle pod, subscribe and like us. Uh, we got game Saturday. And I think we got a big game. And, and I want to get your take on this. I do not think anything happens to Mike Tomlin at the end of this season. Okay. But sure. we know they are in a situation going into this game against Cincinnati. Jake Browning, guys, I want to get your thoughts on him. Seven and seven. The, the Steelers right now, right, you go into this game and you go, the problem is they don't have a quarterback. They haven't found the guy. Mitchell Trubisky certainly not the guy. And you could say, hey, Tomlin, that was your decision. And then as the season plays out, if they wanted to move on, maybe they do. But there are rumblings about that. I don't think that happens, but this is a huge game for both teams on Saturday at 4.30, Baldy. I agree. And look, I mean, sometimes, you know, Mike Tomlin kind of sneaks in a couple wins at the end of the season and he sort of survives all the talk that is in very, very, very loud in Pittsburgh. You know, enough with this no losing seasons. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. The quarterback decisions that they have had, and the rut is pathetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mitch Trubisky showed exactly what he was in Chicago. And to think that he was going to come in and play, you know, good or great football. I mean, I don't know if Kenny Pickett, but I know Mason Rudolph isn't the guy. So, uh, and, and that's what they're, they're handing the ball. And then they're just hoping that somehow he plays like Jake Browning has played. I don't think we're going to see that. But what's been disappointing to me is just the Pittsburgh defense. I know they're still ranked in the top 10, but that was a poor effort last week by that defense and when they needed it the most. And so I, like, I don't believe in Pittsburgh right now. Cause I don't see, I, I just don't see what you need. Like to, to see Pickens and to see Deontay Johnson pull these stunts in these games, that's head coaching. Like, you know, right. we, we saw kind of saw what Antonio Brown was when he left Pittsburgh and we said, boy, that was a great job of just covering up yeah. for this lunatic. But, like, this stuff that's showing up on the field, to me, Carl, is an indictment of Mike Tomlin. You can't look anywhere else. Like, this lack of discipline, lack of performance, lack – like, I watched San Francisco's receivers go block. Like, Brendan Ayuk knocks you off your feet down the field and looks like he doesn't enjoy anything more than doing that. And the Steelers receivers out there, it's just, it's just hard to watch. I mean, that's not – People saying it's not Steeler football. Well, it isn't. That's not what we're used to seeing. By the way, and Jason, I want to get your take on Cincinnati here. P Pittsburgh and, and the and the Pickens, not not Kenny Pickens, but uh, the the, the George Washington, Pickens. George, George Pickens. 
Big ass baby. All season long, guys, he's been crying about the rock and what he's not getting. And I feel like that is festered in that locker room. And this is the result of some of that that you're talking about where guys say, hey, I didn't block. They didn't block for me or whatever. But that's got to get resolved. This kid's done nothing to deserve the kind of respect that he thinks he should be getting from a production standpoint. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not scoring 10 touchdowns a year. So that has been an issue in that locker room. And, and I know Tomlin has done a good job in the past of handling those situations. I don't think he's done a good job with this situation. He's a young wide receiver that has been allowed to pop off, right, and kind of get away with it, yet the production yeah. is not there. So, yeah, yeah. Jason, tell me about the Bengals and what you think, man. Well, on the Steelers, real quick, I, I would say this. Mike, Mike Tomlin, who I've been a very staunch defender of, uh, I think he has an opportunity to make a statement about the, the – present and the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're seeing the Indianapolis Colts, right? Send some guys home, take some guys off the field for conduct unbecoming. Yeah. Um, we're seeing various disciplinary decisions, some handed down by the league to Steelers players. There's a clear way for the Pittsburgh Steelers to stay in this game, right? They ran the ball down Cincinnati's throat the last time. They could probably do it again even better now because DJ Reader is now lost for the season. Will Mike Tomlin step up Call a couple kids off the practice squad receivers, right, for this game. Kind of mm. like the way Indianapolis ran the ball down his throat with practice squad running back. Call them up here. Tell them we're running the ball 45 times in this game. If you bust your ass blocking for me this week, guess what? We're going to run it 45 times next week, and you're going to be up, and Pickens can watch from the sidelines. Like, I don't think it's rocket science. Like, it's sitting right in front of them. Like, that's the best way to win. These guys don't want to participate in what your offense does the best right now that don't have them participate. You know, as to the Bengals, I'm starting to wonder if this, like, Browning thing, like, it, it, like this guy might have a career. Now, <laughs> it might be a career doing more than holding the clipboard for Joe Burrow when he comes back. Yeah. Even – I went back, Baldy, and watched some of the first game against Pittsburgh, right? And mm -hmm. that's where people are like, he wasn't ready to play. And certainly early in that game, he didn't look up for it. He still completed seventy four percent of his passes in that game. Like in the second half, like things settled down. It wasn't the end of the world. And since then, all he does is complete seventy five percent of his passes. And even without Jamar Chase, like he's got this kid Hudson making some plays for him. Like it's tight sometimes, end. Like what you're saying, sometimes it's not only the quarterback; it's how the receivers respond to the quarterback. Like the touchdown catch. By CD by by T Higgins in the end zone, like that's an incredible effort. I mean, it's a, like a major highlight effort for him to be able to stretch back the ball. It was a, such an important play in the game to come back, and like sometimes the receivers just they tell you what they think of the quarterback. And you're talking about Tanner Hudson stepping up. Um, you're seeing the way um, you know Joe Mixon has stepped up and played. Chase Brown has stepped up and played. Like they're all rallying around him too it's not just him making the 74 yeah. percent completion these other guys are going wait a second what like he's pulling the best out of these kids right now it's a great point guys uh i didn't think a few weeks back that they'd be in this position but i want to read this to you because this is their remaining schedule and i think they have a chance to win the division we're talking about the buffalo bills they play the chargers at the chargers and we know that team's a mess and then you play the patriots on December 31st, and then you finish against the Dolphins, who are two games in front of you right now, on the 7th of January. I think the Bills can win out, guys, and I think they could win this division again. Am I crazy, Baldy? 
You're not crazy. I mean, you need help from the Dolphins, you know, to, to go backwards here, which, you know, we got to play it out. But I, I, I don't know if they're completely fixed. However, it's clear Joe Brady has made a difference. And that, you know, they didn't turn it over against Dallas, and they ran the ball 49 times. And, you know, this James Cook, he looks better than Dalvin, to be honest with you. He does. Like, he's just that mm-hmm. good. And they ran the same play back and forth against Dallas. They couldn't stop it, so they just kept dialing it up. Counter trap, counter trap right, counter trap left. They're really good at it. Aaron Cromer's the offense line coach. Like, that's their – like they said, if Stephon Diggs wants to bitch about this, then let him bitch. We're going to – this is how we're going to play football. And I think Stephon's on board because they're winning. But I feel like they've got their identity right now. They're still playing good, sound defense. But when they can control the ball like they did against Dallas and limit Dak to 130 yards passing, like they ran the ball really good against Philly. They just lost the game, had a 59-yard field goal, extended in overtime. But they they ran it really good against Philly. And I feel like Josh is fine with this. You want to play bad weather, you want to hand the ball off, Josh could care less. That guy just wants to win. Yeah, And I feel like they've kind of found their identity, and I think they're going to be very tough down the stretch because of it. Jason Faldi, I think this is the best Buffalo Bill team of the Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, Allen era. The best one built for Buffalo. This team's actually built for Buffalo. Remember, yeah. they were at home against Cincinnati, and you would have thought they were the road team. Right. You, you would have thought they were unaccustomed to snow. You would have thought they were unaccustomed to anything other than pristine conditions to throw the football and just keep bombs away. That's not them anymore. Yeah. Since they made the coordinator change, they're running the ball 51.5% of the time. Second in the NFL. The only team running more in that span is Atlanta, who don't have a quarterback. Like, they went from throwing the ball or, or running the ball 25 times a game to running the ball 39 times and a game. And you know what that does, Jason, the, the, the turnovers go way down. You know, yes. and so that's the other part that was killing him. The turnovers now have been reduced. And and Baldy, they're not living in shotgun anymore. They've cut the shotgun percentage down by about five, six percent. They're under center more. They're making you think about that. It's four guys in the run game. It's multiplicity in the yeah. run game. It's, yeah. Don't forget about Ty Montgomery, right? They yeah. give him, he's the real change of pace. Like they had 105 runs under center the first 10 weeks. They got 74 their last four, 71 their last four games. They, they're they running it through Cook. It's bringing out the best in everybody. It's helping the defense out. It's helping mm-hmm. the, the the right tackle and the guard who they drafted, right? One of the second round, one of the third. It's helping those guys out. And it's built for the conditions they play in. Like, well, I don't know if Baltimore's going to beat Miami or not. You know what I mean? If they do, yeah. then the Bills are got a chance to, to play for it all in week 18. But if Buffalo manages to win this division, and maybe get a couple of games at home. Well, you got to go straight to the difficult decision that any coach has to make when you have to fire a coach that's been with you, Ken Dorsey. And so um, he made that. That's a difficult decision. But, you know, Joe Brady has said, okay, this is – and I know Joe and, and Aaron Cromer are very, very tight. And Aaron's been like, look, we got an athletic offense line. We drafted Osiris Torrance. We brought in Connor McGovern. Let's play to and, – and this James Cook is a hell of a player. I mean, he's just he, – he's really good. He's got unbelievable feet and vision. And so I think they're playing to their strengths, to your point here, Jason. By the way, that Cincinnati game <clears throat> and Steeler game, 4.30 on Saturday, 8 o'clock game for the uh, for the Bills uh, taking on the, the Chargers. Guys, let's talk about Sunday a little bit. Um, the Joe Flacco thing has been incredible, right? I mean, 
I don't know what he was doing six weeks ago. Was he raking leaves? Uh, was he playing football yeah. in the backyard with well, his he, kid? He, he, he lives 10 minutes away from here. And I know he was on Jaws' one of his golf courses <laughs> a good deal of time. And he was throwing footballs to one of his four brothers and, you know, some of his kids. Uh, but but basically, he might as well have been on the couch, to be honest. Well, so he gets off the couch. And look what he's doing. Uh, is this an illusion? Or should I believe that Flack? this is the DNA in Flacco? And listen. Jason, you've seen this up close and personal, okay? You saw him at his best. Should I believe that this is in his DNA and this is what he's going to do? Cleveland at Houston on Sunday. Guys, I like their chances now all of a sudden. I mean, they were going through all these quarterbacks, and now I'm watching Flacco and I'm going with that defense. I like the chances for Cleveland to maybe make some noise. What's going on here? Well, I think it's the perfect fit. If you go back to what – has happened to him in his career, right? He's at the tail end in Baltimore. Um, they're not running the ball as well as they used to. The offensive line's in decline. Um, but they had an identity that they kind of wanted to stick to. They didn't have receivers who could really catch the ball downfield. And this mm-hmm. Lamar, they put Lamar on the field. And, Wait a minute, they got a run game with Lamar. Now they got to defend the quarterback, they can run the ball. So he got phased out there, understandable. He goes to Denver, right? It's a coach probably a little over his head, defensive-minded, just wants to run the damn ball. He gets hurt. He hurts his neck right away. Doesn't work out. He goes to the Jets. Jets, defensive-minded head coach, right? We draft Brees, just run the damn ball. You know, not doesn't really have any tight ends. He loves tight ends. It wasn't a great fit. And, you know, he was a placeholder for Zach Wilson. This coach at this time just wants to throw the damn ball. They want to push the ball downfield as much as any team in the league. That's Joe Blanco. He lives for this. It's perfect. Mm. And Joku, that's my Dennis Pitta. Oh, seam routes to him all day long. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, I got Cooper and Elijah Moore, who I was with in, in New York on the outside, or, or put one of them in the slot. That's fine. Bombs away to them all day. The he, Cleveland he, Browns, he, he the last five throw, weeks, Jason. guys. He made a throw. What's I know that? you saw it last week. He made a, Joe made a throw last week. They're down 17-7. Try right. to get a ugly. He's throwing all these interceptions. He's getting sacked. Um, you know, they're on their, their fourth and fifth offensive tackles. And he made a throw to Marquise Goodwin down the field. And honestly, 57 yards, it, it completely changed the game. But it reminded me of that throw to Jacoby Jones against Denver on yes. their playoff run to a Super Bowl. Denver, yeah. Like, he just launched it. Yeah. And, like, Joe's – I don't know what he is now, 38, 39? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's in the 16th year. Like, the arm hasn't changed at all, you know. And then Amari makes the great play. You know, a 51 yards on a crossing route. It's just an absolute dime. And then even to get the the them in position for the game-winning field goal, he hit Njoku against a stupid blitz by Eberflus. But he's getting dragged to the ground. But Joe's still 6'6 and 240. Like, he's able to just stay up long enough to flip it over the defensive tackle's heads. To, like, he, he's got the skill set that hasn't changed at all. No. And, and this coach – this coach wants to be bombs away. Like, he's going to throw some picks. We know that. But you know what? We got a defense that we still think is pretty damn good, right? And we're going to we're gonna come out flinging again. And you know Joe. Joe's unflappable. Like, this isn't going to bother Joe. I mean, so they've thrown the ball, guys, 17 more times than any team in the league the last five weeks. Think about it. The Cleveland Bleepin' Browns in December they have basically, over the five-week span, thrown the ball one whole, whole full game more than anybody else. That's not that's not stopping. That's 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 who they are. They're fine with it. Um, if you're in the gambling markets, they're an over team now, especially when they're on the road. 
they're an over team. They're on the road this week. I, I, I think it's gunslinger bombs away. Let's have some fun. And they are. Uh, and it actually has become fun to watch. And, and remember, the crazy thing about this is no Deshaun Watson, who's getting a lot of money, and no Nick Chubb, who was arguably the best running back to start the season. Neither tackle. That, that's Neither the tackles. It's crazy to think that they're in this spot right now with everything that's going on. Guys, oh, by the way, they lost their starting center, didn't play last week. Their starting left guard, who's in the Pro Bowl every year, went out of the game. They were down to literally crump. Not, not, I mean, they were the backups to the backups were in the game to win that game. Yeah, it's crazy, Baldy. Uh, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us, and uh, follow us, right? Uh, Baldy, is a, he does his Baldy breakdowns. Jason, of course, you could read him in the Washington Post. And he is doing stuff as well all over social media. I may put him up. See, Dukes, we invite you guys to interact with us. Here's the deal. Uh, the big game Sunday, 4 o'clock window, Dallas at Miami. Now, I don't want to trigger you, Jason, okay, because you've been saying all season that Dallas is a fraud. Last week, they go lay a big egg, and everybody goes, what in the hell is going on? All right. Dolphins, meanwhile, win without Tyreek Hill on the field. And Tua's like, listen, if you don't believe in us, he said this this week, like, I don't care. I don't care. We can win. I love my team. Dolphins are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. We talked a little bit about this with Nick Costos, but I got to ask you, are you going to believe that Dallas rebounds this week? Both teams coming in at 10-4. and four. Do, Does Dallas go to Miami – and rebound from that performance last weekend. You asking me? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I think Dallas is going to watch. I'm sorry. Miami's going to watch what Buffalo did to Dallas on the ground game. And Mike McDaniel's going to say, you thought that was an unmasking? You thought that was a neutering? You thought that was a castration? Hold my beer. Hold my scissors. I'm going to a whole nother level. I'm going to get medieval on the Dallas Cowboys are 32nd in the league against outside zone runs. They're 31st in defensive EPA against outside zone runs. They're 32nd in the league in yards allowed before contact against outside zone runs. Miami Dolphins average 5.5 yards per carry on outside zone runs. They have seven touchdowns on outside zone runs. The only team doing it as much as the, 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 the Miami Dolphins are the San Francisco field. 49ers. The Dallas Cowboys, when a fullback is on the field, allow 5.5 yards per carry. They're dead last in defensive EPA against the fullback. Miami has a fullback on the field 45% of the time. The only team that uses a fullback more than Miami, the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers, it wasn't super sexy, but they ran 41 times for 170 yards, scored twice on the ground, and ended up winning that game comfortably. Uh, I'm not sure that Tua needs to throw the ball even – 15 times like Josh Allen did last week. It's going to be a little bit muggy there. It's in the 70s. Dallas's defense ball, he was on the field for 36 minutes last week. Um, I don't think they're fixing this in a week. I think they're in big trouble. I think Miami's going to road grade them. Well, I'll give them Dallas, one and a half points all day long. Dallas lost Leighton Van Der Esch, you know, they went to this dime defense with Marquise Bell and Damone Clark as the inside linebackers. And Buffalo said, you want to play a dime defense We'll run it 49 times. And you what, what typically happens when teams play that style, it's good against teams that want to throw it and they have a lot of speed. You get more speed on the field, more guys that can cover, more ways to blitz. But if teams want to just pound you in the run game, you got to figure it out. Now, does that mean take Micah off the edge and play him inside, which he's capable of doing, and just get bigger bodies in there to stop the push? 
uh, it, it lessens his effectiveness if you want to throw it. And I'm sure that, you know, Austin Jackson at right tackle would love to see Micah at inside linebacker, but they don't really have a lot of options. They, you, you, defensively, you like to have options depending on who you play against. Miami's the number one rushing football team in the league, and it, it's an issue. So, uh, you know, unless Dallas gets that fixed, I think teams are taking a look at what Buffalo did and what other teams have done, what Arizona did early in the year against them, running for 222 yards and, and winning that game. Like this this might be like their Achilles heel as they get ready for the postseason. Yeah, Buffalo guys ran right at those guys in the middle. That's what you're talking about, right? There was no beating around the bush. They ran right at those you know guys. What's, you know what's disappointing, Carl, honestly, in this thing is they ran the same play over and over again, just <laughs> counter trap. They pulled Dawkins. They, they pulled Spencer Brown. And you basically were saying, like, hold on, uh, Dan Quinn, we're, we're going to run the same play again. And, like, at a certain point, you adjust. You right. figure it out. And to me, they never adjusted. That was the disappointing thing. Like, they had plenty of chances to say, okay, we got to stop this play. Well, is, is, is you know, what Joe Brady said, well, if they're not going to – we're going to get 10 yards of carry on this run. We're not going to stop it. And we're not going to stop running it. And that's what, kind of what they did. Jason, I agree with you on this. I, I really do. Just because the mad scientist that Mike McDaniel is, he's in the lab, and you know he's thinking the same thing you just, just laid out. And I think, Baldy, you're right about if the Cowboys show the ineffectiveness to not be able to stop the run, this is going to be their flaw heading into the playoffs. They will get beat. Because you will – going into the playoffs, you guys know every team is going to attack your weakness, Right. I'm going to make you beat me in another way. And if you talk, you show me that I can't stop the run or I can't defend, you know, quick hitters or you talked about the seam routes down the middle of the field, Jason, with the Cleveland Browns. If I can't defend those things, you're in trouble. And so I see the Cowboys in, in this is you better get it right mode right now because you will have been exposed two weeks in a row. Well, just to that point, just kind of wrap it up here. It'll be interesting to see what Dan Quinn does because you can't keep lining up the way they have lined up, and they had a great success, especially if Dallas is <clears throat> putting up a 30 spot or 40 well, spot. They're up by 10 these teams, well, teams, teams don't have to 10. run. Right. They don't have a yeah. chance to run. Like, they've got to throw it to try and stay in the game. But if you're playing with the lead, close to the lead, and you can stay with it, then I want to see what Dan Quinn does because everybody wants to anoint him as a you know head coach and all this stuff. But the good coaches find a way to adjust. And this is going to be the perfect game. As you watch this thing, are they going to line up in that dime defense? And Miami's going to say, okay, here comes the outside zone that, you know, Jason's talking about, and how are you going to stop this? Because they they, they do it in a variety of ways with a lot of motions and shifting. And But Mostert and A-Chan is, are coming at you. And they're, they've got great speed. And if you miss a tackle, they go a long ways. So I, I think this is going to be a, a great X's and O game to kind of watch and follow. Can't wait. <clears throat> Sunday. Guys, do you trust Jared Goff outdoors? He's been great inside. This is my problem with the Lions. The Lions take on Minnesota. They, they travel to Minnesota. It's obviously the game, you know, controlled environment. But my issue is when the playoffs roll around, am I going to be able to trust Jared Goff going outside? I, I don't know. If you look at his numbers and the comparables, he's a different quarterback outside than he is inside. And I know he's been great. But that's my concern with the, with the Detroit Lions. It's not necessarily their defense or their run game or Ben Johnson calling all these great plays. It's golf in those conditions. 
Well, I think Carl, I know, I know Jason's probably got a bunch of, uh, you know, stats here to back it all up, but, um, and I'll let him like rip them off, but you know, the, the classic, this is a classic dome team. You know, this, we've been saying this for years, going back to the Detroit lions, but you know, a long time ago with Barry or whoever was playing quarterback in new Orleans, there's certain teams that are just dome teams and they look unstoppable in the dome. It's like, the high school basketball teams that play in small gyms and they're just running and gunning and dunking and, and like, oh, there's no stopping them. And all of a sudden you get them on a big court, neutral court. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the rebounding, the fast breaks, it, it just doesn't look the same. And that's kind of how it looks to me with Detroit. And look, they've got, a, they've got, they've got, the only way you stop that mentality of a, a guy like me saying this is by showing us that you could go outdoors and play in the, in the weather. And, and be able to play as perfect football as they do indoors. You know, I, I don't know that I'm as worried about golf and a little bit of whatever. Um, really, and I guess like Philadelphia, they can run into some weather there. But not really anywhere. You know, you look at the NFC and who's going to make the playoffs. Like, you know, Dallas, nothing to see here. San Francisco. You know, San Francisco, maybe. I mean, San Francisco, maybe some rain, you know, but. So I'm not so worried about that. I, I don't know if they can beat a good quarterback defensive. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who's bringing the heat besides Aiden Hutchinson. And you give good quarterbacks time, they're, they're going to. And, and I, right, they're getting a cornerback, you know, right? Gardner Johnson, but he hasn't played football in yeah. a long time, man. And we're yeah. very late in the year. I don't know, Baldy, about their ability to beat a team whose quarterback is as good as theirs or comparable to theirs or maybe slightly better than theirs. I, I do have questions about Well, they, they've got weaknesses on defense in general, Jason. I mean, they just defensively are not a strong group. Like outside of Aiden Hutchinson, they don't really have a great other pass rusher. Yeah. And, you know, the corners that were brought in, um, I don't think anybody's scared of Cam Sutton or – you know, uh, the guys that are out there right now. So, I, I mean, teams are having their way with their defense when they get enough possessions. Let's talk about uh, this Justin Field situation, guys, in Chicago. Do you keep it? They've got top picks. And I think this is going to be a huge decision that's looming. Has he shown you enough? Uh, is it dumb to even think that, hey, you know what, we're going to go draft another guy that we're not sure about and we know Justin can at least play in the league and we got to build around him and make it better? Well, what's going to happen in Chicago? I think it's intriguing. They get Arizona this weekend. Uh, Arizona goes to Chicago. Chicago's a four-point favorite. I'm just watching this field situation and, and how this might play out as we get to the end of the season. Well, I like Justin Fields, and I think he's improved. And I would keep him, however – I don't know, you know, they're going to get the number one pick. Yep. Um, you know, and so whether it's Caleb Williams, like it's a financial decision, honestly, more than a personnel decision. Do you take, if if Caleb is available and they have a chance to get him, you get to build around Caleb for five years. And the roster has improved. Um, you could decide whether Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus are the right coaches for that. That's another decision to be made. Um, but if you, Stay with Justin Fields, who I think is a is going to be is still improving and can help a team. Like if Justin Fields was in the Atlanta Falcons right now, they would yeah, slam and that's dunk where he's win go. NFC South. But like he would slam dunk when they would slam dunk win the NFC South. Yeah. But 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 if you 
if you keep Justin, you're going to have to pay him, and it's going to reduce you, the, uh, the amount of flexibility you have to continue to build the roster. And so that's, to me, it's not really almost about Justin Fields. I yep. know Justin yep. Fields can play in this league. I do and too. I know he can be a really good quarterback and a difficult guy to game play for. And I like almost everything about him. And I've seen improvement. But that's the decision. It's a financial decision, Jason. Absolutely. thousand percent. Could not agree more. Um, they've reached the third year with Justin Fields where you this is now you start to make decisions on quarterbacks about first-round quarterbacks, fifth-year options. And we've seen guys who haven't had storied careers, right, like Daniel Jones, get pretty good money because they've won some games as a quarterback and there's not many of them. And then you're looking at the free agent market and Kirk Cousins would have been the best guy, right? And he's hurt. And Dobbs looked like he might have had a career re resurrection and he might be the second best guy for a minute. And then, you know, the the Cinderella's cart turned into a pumpkin again. Like, you, there's nobody out there. You know what I mean? Tannehill. Like, that, like that, these are the free agent quarterbacks. Maybe Jake you know? Browning. Baker Mayfield. Gardner Minshew. So you're going to tell me that they couldn't pawn that financial decision on Justin Fields off to somebody else. Get a one back in return for it to go get a receiver or a tackle to put around uh, Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah, and they also have the fifth pick. So they can get Caleb Williams. They can get the Penn State left tackle. They trade Justin Fields for another one, get a receiver to put outside DJ Moore. Let's go. We traded for the pass rusher. Now we're okay up front. Like the next GM, and I think they will make a change. But like if you're Kevin Warren and you're running that football team, right? And the family is kind of finally out of it. And you've got a chance to make an imprint going forward. Do you keep doubling down on the field thing, right? Or or, or, or do you do what I'm talking about? I think it's a no-brainer. And I, I'm with Baldy. I think Justin Fields has gotten a raw deal in this whole thing. And you Justin see. Fields on that turf and that division in his hometown of Atlanta with Bijan and Cordarrelle and Algier, let's go. I'm outside. Well, it, it, it goes back, and this is not that far-fetched, but, like, it goes back to the offseason, Carl. We were talking about it. Like, if you put Lamar Jackson with the Atlanta Falcons. They should have yeah, done you know, Everybody in Atlanta said, no, we're fine. You put Lamar. First of all, the building's full. I Correct. mean, the Mercedes-Benz home is full. Yep. It's not a college. It's not Georgia playing in an SEC championship. <laughs> it's real NFL football with a real fan base. And I feel like I'm not saying Justin Fields is Lamar Jackson, um, but he's 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 pretty close in a lot of ways. Like they 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 win 10, 11 games in Atlanta with the roster they have. If Justin Fields was there, and this whole idea of shuffling quarterbacks and the play calling—I mean, just give me a—you know—go get me Ben Johnson and go put me in Atlanta with Justin Fields, and I'm—they're going to win that division next year. Yeah, it's a great point, uh, and we've got plenty of time to get to it. But this is something that's looming, and people will, will be watching these games and going, "Did he play well this week? How's he finishing the season? Does that matter?" Baldy, I think you make a valid point when you say financially the Bears and and Jason, if they do what you just said, that's team building. Like that's team construction where now we're good for not just this year. We're good for five or you six. Five-year window. Yeah, you right. five-year window, not just to turn it around, but to win a championship. Yeah. You know, if, if Caleb, if, if Caleb's the guy and if he is the guy, like you got five years to go win a championship. Guys, uh, hey, as you, we. You want to get cute, Paulie, and drop down two or three spots and take the LSU quarterback and get even more value? I, I'm fine with that. You want to do it for Drake May? I, I wouldn't be mad. I like. I, they got flexibility. They got a lot of but flexibility. But they got to be playing in those waters. They've got to be playing in those waters. 
Yeah, and just so you guys know right now, I'm sure you do, the Falcons currently have the 10th overall pick. Jaden Daniels is somebody I've said I'd take right now, like in a heartbeat, okay? If you're top 10, you can move to go get him if you need to. But if he's gone, if Caleb and, and May are gone, which they probably will be, you got to go do that and 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 uh, go get that kid. All right, uh, as we wrap up, I just want to thank you guys. As always, it's been an unbelievable season, unbelievable year. We're going to turn around next week and obviously be looking at 2024. We've got, you know, a couple more weeks of the regular season and then we'll get into the playoffs. But Christmas wish, all right, for the NFL. Is there anything that you guys want to see or Ad or that you think is the most important or intriguing thing Christmas. Well, here's the thing. He, he, th- great question, Carl. And I'll, I'll wrap this up here. Like we we've been given a gift here on Christmas night. <laughs> Jason will have all his kids, all the, the gifts will be unwrapped and you know, uh, whatever, whatever else is going on, family over whatever. Like we're going to sit down. I don't know how the NFL schedule makers are this prescient, but we get a chance to watch maybe a game that, can be at the Super Bowl uh, in Las Vegas in, you know, six weeks. But we get a chance to watch maybe the two best teams go at it. And I all I want is just – I don't care who wins. Like, just give me a game that has me in my seat that I don't even want to go up and go get an adult beverage. I don't want to miss a play. I, I just feel like we have a chance for that Sunday night or Monday night. I agree. Uh, Jason, any, any wishes here, man, as uh, we approach Christmas? Stop playing football games on concrete. You really care about player health and safety in this era with all the technology we have and pallets that come in and out, even the dome stadiums. Let's 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 adjust the playing surfaces in these leagues. Right. Let, let's give our football players the same accommodations any real soccer league in the world would give its players. Right. When European soccer teams come here, these same billionaire owners bend over backwards for FIFA to make sure that they're up to those standards. And they're playing on grass surfaces, right? And and let's give Messi everything he wants. But we do, we can't do that for our football stars in this country. Shameful. It is. Uh, guys, as we finish up, I, I just will say, football, this is the best reality show on television. And this is why we watch and why we invest and why we pay so much attention and why we buy the merch and why we go to games and why we do what we do. I agree. It is the best reality TV. You're not going to find a show that any producer, okay, Yellowstone, any of these producers that can put on TV on any Sunday. And you'll see it this Saturday. You'll see it Sunday and you'll see it Monday night as we just I just want you to, to understand that. There's nothing like this, and that is why we absolutely love it. And my wish is that it just continues. I wish we could continue. Yeah, the 17 weeks. Let's make it 22. I mean, I wish yeah. we could just go uh, a couple. Careful, Carl. They might be listening there goes, to you. There goes <laughs> We're gonna have 80 man rosters. Yeah, <laughs> they got experience. 80 man rosters because it's just so much fun. But yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry However, Christmas. you celebrate the holidays, guys. Thank, Thank you for Thank being you. here. Thank you. You guys, man, enjoy, and we'll be back next week, guys, all right? Take care and enjoy the games. It's in the hub. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 